welcome back to another exciting episode of Catch-Ups in My Kitchen with me, Georgia Simmons, founder of Greedy Vegan. This week we are joined by Annie Morris, co-founder of Spoon Granola. So before Greedy Vegan, I actually had a really small granola business called Healthy Habits, which I absolutely loved. So I was really excited to talk to Annie about the journey of Spoon as they have now been going for 10 years. In this episode, we discuss their early journey, their Dragon's Den experience, and distinguishing the healthy granolas from the not-so-healthy granolas. I hope you enjoyed the episode, so let's jump straight in. Great, Annie, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I'm so excited to talk all things Spoon. I'm a massive granola lover, so this is heaven for me. So thank you so much for coming. Thank you for having me. So to start off, do you mind giving a quick elevator pitch on who you are and what you do? Yeah, sure. Um, So I'm Annie. I am the co-founder and head of brand at Spoon Cereals. Um, We make breakfast products that aim to meet consumers' health and taste needs. Um, We currently have a range of granolas, which are all gluten-free, high in fiber, vegan, um, and winners of uh, consecutive Great Taste Awards uh, as well. Um, we also uh, have a range of really exciting, what we'd like to think of very exciting, kind of slightly different flavors um, on the market. Um, we're currently stocked in around 2,000 uh, stockists around the UK uh, and also overseas in um, Switzerland. Amazing, yeah. amazing, amazing. I love this granola and especially the one that's in front of you right now. I love it. Um, but we'll get onto more of that in a minute. We have a quick fire round, which is like a tradition on the podcast about all things food. Okay. So, sweet or savory? Sweet. Juicy burger or overloaded salad? Overloaded salad. Crisps or popcorn? Popcorn. Ice cream or sorbet? Ice cream. Granola or muesli? I've got to say granola. <laughs> <laughs> cook in or eat out? Uh, at the moment, cook in, but I do love to eat out. Yeah, yeah. it's a tough one, that one. Favourite delivery? Uh, again, I have so many different uh, uh, favourites, but I'd have to go with probably like a ramen. Yeah, good one. It's kind of like, yeah, a little bit healthy, but... Yeah, I like a ramen. Which one would you go for? Like, where from? Oh, uh, do you know what when I used to live and I don't live there anymore but in Hackney there was this like independent place called Oco I don't Ooh, know if you know it on no. um, Broadway Market and we used to get uh, ramen from there and they are very good yeah I love a ramen yeah. they are they are really good yeah. <laughs> so I want to start at the beginning when you quit your job and I believe it was 2013 yes. um, can you explain about that process of quitting your job because I feel like maybe a lot of people listening might be thinking like that's a massive step mm. and I've done it and you sometimes you have to do it when you want to commit to something so can you start with quitting your job was it right at the beginning of the spoon journey or had you kind of tested the water with spoon and you were like okay I'm going to commit and quit how was that process yeah so for a while um basically I had the idea stewing in my head for probably about a year um, and at the time I was uh, working in advertising um, I was working in um, Soho and was kind of seeing this really exciting thing happening within the food scene um, especially at lunchtime so like lunchtime trade you were getting like really exciting kind of street food vendors popping up and 
a lot of like health food cafes um, that were serving actually like really good quality um, kind of more abundant bowls like mm. salads that you could pick up for lunch um, and I kind of recognised that no one was doing that for the breakfast occasion and I am a massive breakfast eater and lover um, and um, so that's kind of like how I came up with the idea for Spoon in the first place um, to kind of create this sort of like a kind of better quality, more aspirational and sort of exciting breakfast offering. Um, uh, and in terms of kind of like deciding to quit my job, I um, luckily, I think for me, I was working in an agency that I wasn't feeling too inspired by. So that really kind of, I had that sort of mentality of, well, I've got nothing to lose really because I'm probably going to quit this job anyway mm. um and I just so happen to have this idea and I do love uh, I did love working in advertising um had a really fun time um but I also had this like I guess a bit of a cliche but like calling into food I just like love food and everything about it and so um I guess I just wanted to pursue something that I really was kind of quite passionate about I guess yeah. so it was kind of an easy decision and also I was I was quite young and very naive and so I think at that age you are a little bit more ballsy than than I am now. Definitely. <laughs> I think if I had had the idea now I would I, yeah it'd be a different story. Yeah um, no I know what so you mean. So I think I just had that sort of like that mentality of like screw it you know yeah got nothing to lose if 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 all fails I can luckily my parents live in London and they would take me in yeah so, do you know what I mean it yeah. was like you've got that kind I've of... kind of got a good support network um so very lucky in that sense basically and how yeah. old were you when you uh so I would have been like early 20s basically yeah yeah I do feel like talking about the street food I still feel now when I go to markets for like food markets, let's say it's a Saturday and like I've gone straight out, my boyfriend and I are going down and he's like, oh wow, let's get some food and he's already looking, maybe it's like half 11, he's already looking at like the sandwiches or like the steaks and all the kind of like, yeah. all the crepes and I'm like, I'm still on the whole granola vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I still don't think it's being, it's like there's nothing really there. Like no. there was never like a build your own bowl type yeah. stand and I'm like, where yeah. are you? I need yeah. that. Yeah. So, so you quit your job and then ha then what? How was the beginning days of Spoon? So I had this idea and the original idea wasn't actually to have a product on the supermarket shelves. It was uh, to have um, our own site um, serving fresh, fresh bowls of granola. Um, so I had this idea and I knew I didn't want to go into uh, kind of setting up my own thing on my own. Um, I wanted to have a business partner and at the time I just so happened to kind of meet my sister who is he is my now brother-in-law but at the time he was just my sister's boyfriend they just started going out and literally we were just like a family barbecue and I told him about the idea he was moving um, from he was living in Amsterdam at the time working as a he worked in kind of private equity as an analyst and um, he just quit his job so it's almost like the stars aligned because he was looking to get his um fingers into a, a, a business and he'd like trialed a couple of other businesses himself um, actually not within food but they had um, for one re reason or another kind of like um, sort of 
uh, not gone how he'd hoped. And so, um, yeah, we got chatting about the idea. He, he really liked um, the concept. So initially he was going to come and help sort of mentor, um, but the more we talked about it, the more we realised that actually, yeah, it could work quite well as a partnership. Amazing. Um, Quite risky in a way to go with your sister's at the time boyfriend. How was that? Did it ever cross your mind? Like, oh, you better stick with him. Otherwise this is going to be really awkward. Or like, did that ever kind of cross your mind? Do you know what? It didn't really. I mean, I, I think... Johnny, if you meet him, he's just like a very laid back guy um, and doesn't tend to sort of, I don't think, overthink things. Um, And at the time I did, I think I was just so eager to launch this business Mm. um, and recognize that he had all of the skills that I didn't have, basically. Um, um, So I think the partnership was quite, it was like a a good recipe, basically. Yeah, amazing. Um, And also like, I, I think, Basically, I was pretty sure they were going to get married um, just because um, my sister knew him quite well already. Um, so his sister is actually her best mate. Okay, So fine. it was like if it, there was like, yeah, he wasn't allowed to kind of screw it up basically. Yeah, so okay, I that kind of knew sense. that they were going to get yeah, married. Yeah, it's safe, you're all good. So it was safe, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, we basically launched the business as um, initially as, as a pop-up to ke- test this concept of having our own bricks and mortar site somewhere in a kind of central London location that would um, uh, capture kind of like commuters going into work basically. Um, so that's how we started and um, we were looking for kind of uh, suitable sites and at the same time um, basically to creating um, a product um, that we wanted to, to sell on, on, on these uh, uh, kind of like pop-up um, stands. Um, so we were at the time making all of the recipes in Johnny's flat. Um, buying in lots of kind of like wholesale ingredients that were organic um, and experimenting with um, like granola recipes that weren't packed full of sugar because mm-hmm. we recognised that, I mean, I was I was buying into all of the granolas and mueslis that were currently out on the supermarket shelves. Um, but soon kind of the more research you, we did, we realised that obviously a lot of them are kind of like packed full of sugar and from doing these pop-ups, speaking to consumers, that is the one thing that people were asking about was the sugar content. Yeah. Um, so we, instead of putting sort of refined sugars in our granolas, we used, um, we chose a maple syrup, um, partly because it's obviously got a much um, more kind of like luxurious flavour, uh, arguably a, a little bit healthier than refined sugars. Um, it's much more expensive, it's a better quality ingredient in our eyes. And also the fact that it's from Canada, Johnny's mum is actually Canadian, so it kind of felt right to use that ingredient in our, our in our recipes. I love that. So, yeah. And how was making granola at home? Because I know from my little, 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 small kind of experience in the making granola world, it was really really fulfilling and the smell was amazing yeah but also really really hard work yeah so yeah going back to those days how was it yeah it was it it was really full-on when I think back um we I mean at the beginning it was just fun because we were just like you know it's just like spending the weekend just cooking lots of um just doing it in you know your trays your home baking trays um it's pretty straightforward um 
you basically just have your, your dry ingredients, your wet ingredients, mix them together, um, put them in the oven for 30 minutes and it's ready. This is the very first recipe we actually ever created. Oh really, I was gonna ask that. Okay. We actually did cinnamon hazelnut, um, but it came out and I remember trying it and being like, oh my goodness, this is so tasty. Mm. Hey guys, just a quick note. Firstly, I hope you're enjoying the episode. And secondly, I want to discuss the delicious spoon granola because we actually stock it on Greedy Vegan and it's featured in our breakfast box. So we stock their cinnamon and pecan granola. And these breakfast box are a great start to your morning. They're great to order into the office. They will really, really sort out your breakfasts for up to 10 days, maybe even longer. If you haven't checked it out, on Greedy Vegan, please do. Um, and the concept of making your own cereal at home at that time was like quite kind of revolutionary. Like yeah. The offering at the time was these fresh bowls. So we were making um, granola. We had like a range of different granolas with um, different yogurts and, and seasonal fresh fruit for people to kind of build their own bowl. Mm. Um, but then, uh, we were also, we decided why not kind of like package the, the granola up in kind of paper bags and so people can take them away with them as well. Um, and and that side of the business started to really gain traction, um, especially because it was hard to capture a large audience at that time in the morning. Yes. You only really have like a, you know, a couple of hours. People's headspace at that time is like, I just need to get into work. I just need something to kind of put in my mouth and they're not yeah. thinking they're not going to like mull around it's not like when you go out for lunch and you have like an hour break and you can kind of like take a bit of time over it yeah so true so a lot of people we yeah we found that we were kind of people just grabbing bags to take with them into the office or like to take home with them basically so we realized we'd need to kind of uh increase our production so we then had a rented kitchen um uh in park royal yeah that was quite Quite brutal because we'd be getting up at you know we'd have to get up at like 3 a.m drive to the uh the the kitchen bake the granola drive it to whatever pop-up we were doing in some central london location um we had all this equipment with us as well um so yeah kind of driving i remember just like living off like copious amounts of coffee and like feeling bleary eyed like going into this pop up and then and then serving up until about kind of midday packing it all up again taking it back cleaning it up and then doing it all over again the next day yeah that's so a it lot. was quite full on and then we as well as that we had like the online business so we started selling online um so there was a lot of kind of like um sort of packing that we had to do so not only were we making the granola we were packing it and like labeling it getting all the nutritionals all that kind of stuff yeah um we were also like selling directly to kind of delis and and, and sort of local shops basically um just delivering it ourselves um with my my own car basically so we didn't yeah. have like a delivery service it was literally everything we did ourselves um, i love it i love this days. journey um so it was a really good learning curve and it was a really i mean I think it was quite an unconventional way of um, getting the product to market mm. but when I look back it was a really good because neither of us came from like an FMCG background it was a great way to to learn really and and also more importantly kind of understand what the consumer wanted um, from a product definitely and I feel like 
the value of pop-ups is sometimes really underrated yeah and the amount of feedback that you can get although as you said you were there at a time of day where people might not be so willing to give feedback mm. but then you know the feedback you do get is so valuable because you are targeting them at their you know busiest or they're maybe not quite set and ready to speak at that time yeah um but yeah pop-ups is so is so valuable yeah and I love this journey so much because sometimes as consumers you suddenly think of these like businesses and it's like invest a load of money straight out there straight on supermarket shelves like bish bash bosh big 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 like you know scene and journey when actually the simple steps and the early days and the organic way of doing it does work and it's a lot it's you've got to be patient in the process definitely but I think you learn so much and it's, yeah, it's a nice, it's a nice journey. It's not, it's not a glamorous story um, no. to tell. And yeah, I think like a lot of people still haven't, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the awareness of Spoon is, is still very low. Um, and that's because we've just been plugging away in the background, um, trying to, to, to grow the business, but in a more sustainable way. Yeah. Um, we've seen a lot of kind of, uh, you know, startup brands, a lot of our peers um, come and go. Um, and it, it's always a bit of a shock because you're like, oh my God, I thought that brand was doing amazingly. Yeah. Um, and they've got all this investment and you're like, wow, they're like absolutely smashing it. And then yeah. the next day you're like, oh no. They're, they're gone. I've not seen them around for a while. And then you find out that they've, yeah, yeah unfortunately had to, 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 yeah, stop the business. So I know. It is really crazy. Like what you see isn't always the reality like I just remember this is a recent story where you know going around London on the red buses was vegan kind advertised everywhere and I was like wow because you know they were kind of a bit of a competitor for greedy vegan like they're a big old big traditional vegan supermarket online been there for ages I was like wow like they've got this budget to splash all over these red buses it's going around everywhere like look at the marketing on that like that's amazing mm. and then literally two weeks later they are going under yeah and I was like wait what yeah I how, how has this happened I, I think it's really you know what you see isn't always a reality and mm. the fact that you guys have been stable although maybe it's not an easy journey by any stretch mm. but stable and like one step at a time, time yeah. and it <laughs> does work that way like it is sometimes you know the hair and the tortoise type kind of journey like yeah. you will always get there in the end if you take take that slower route maybe yeah for sure so i now want to touch on how you go from kind of small batches to delis to then supermarket shelves and another part of this question is how do you keep that small batch taste of kind of homemade granola to then larger scale but with the same kind of taste and values as the small scale homemade batches. Yeah, sure. Go back to 2014. I remember it vividly, we, we were sat in Johnny's flat just doing some kind of admin work and we were like, I, saw, I had the idea of going on Dragon's Den. Um, prim- really just to kind of, it wasn't necessarily to get the investment. It was like, because we weren't sure whether we needed it or actually wanted it at the time. Um, and because we were so small, we were like, I don't know if we, they'd even put us on the show. Um, but um, it was an idea for kind of to kind of help build the awareness of what we were doing. Um, so we had that idea, and we also had the idea to go to Glastonbury 
and that was like one of the things we really wanted to do so we that night we applied to both um and Glastonbury said no and Dragon's Den got back to us to say we'd like to come for you to come in and do an audition so we were like oh my goodness okay didn't expect that at all um so that was that I that was the the point at which um things started to really kind of ramp up for us it was yeah quite kind of quite crazy because we we basically gone from being a a very basically non-existent (laughs) business um to then being put on tv in front of four million viewers um um and sort of like then immediately being thrown into this fmcg world Um, we knew at that time that we wanted to focus on the wholesale side of the business and so that's what we um uh, pitched to the dragons basically um and they were really instrumental in helping us kind of like open up doors Mm. with with the big retailers um if, if it wasn't for them I think it would have taken a lot longer to get to that point yeah um so we had to move quite quickly um uh, and make decisions fast um so um with the help of, of Peter and Deborah um we were able to um we stopped our doing production ourselves um we uh, looked to outsource the production um and yeah, in answer to your question about kind of like how do you retain that kind of that, that quality, I think that's one of the things that we've uh, found one of the biggest challenges actually. Um, and we've uh, kind of worked with a, a number of different manufacturers to try and get that right. Um, we're now in a position where we are, um, we have worked with, in the past, we have worked with very, very large manufacturers. And as a small brand, uh, that one of the the issues with that is that you're um you are a small brand so you get treated like like you're at the bottom of the pile basically yeah um so trying to get anything done like quickly is 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 very difficult um um but we're now working with um a much smaller manufacturer um and so we don't have um very large uh, order quantities that we have to make we just do um basically granola to order so we don't have any wastage whereas before um we'd have to uh, order huge amounts of 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 granola um and you know as a small brand it's hard to sell through that all the time yeah i mean one of my questions was about dragon's den and how your experience how valuable your experience was and how how was it going on the show um so yeah it was it was all quite uh, mad to be honest yeah i can imagine <laughs> um, at the time we were doing a pop-up in old street um and they they don't give you much notice so they called us like i think they gave us like a week um and at, during that week we were doing pop-ups so we were it was at the time like when we were getting up at 3 a.m going in and doing the pop-up um and it was a, a week-long pop-up um, so I remember kind of practicing our pitch like on the stand basically um, and then yeah we went to go and film it in Manchester and we had to kind of shut up shop for a day and go and film it was very scary to be honest <laughs> you go it's all one take you like go through the the, the sliding doors yeah the lift it's all very surreal and you've got like there's you go in and there's just like a black kind of like there's just like a shadow to your to your right and there's just like cameras like hidden 
Oh god! And they're all just like on you like this, and you've got cameras and like all over you. You've got like microphones trying to pick up every sort of like nervous reaction that you might have. Oh gosh! Um, so yeah, it was. Ooh, it makes me shiver just thinking about it. But, yeah, I can imagine. Um, and we were in there for. I think we were like in there for quite a few hours, basically. But they edit it right down to about ten minutes. Wow. Um, and yeah, ultimately, um, it was a, a great experience. And and Peter and Deborah have been like an amazing kind of they were very like hands-on and um really instrumental in sort of kind of creating the foundations really of the business Mm. and the fact that they had peter especially had lots of experience in um, fmcg um they were great people for opening up doors for us basically yeah um we for the record we actually um don't uh, work with them anymore so Mm. we made the decision to buy um, the shares back from them but it was all very amicable um mm. and um we ended things yeah very well with them and they they've been they're very like integral part to the whole journey of spoon really that's so, so good yeah. that's so nice i mean they seem lovely although that whole experience seems absolutely terrifying yeah. and is it is one of my kind of goals to go on yeah. at some point yeah, in my yeah, life yeah. but the whole thing sounds absolutely terrifying i I'm really bad with numbers, so for me that'd be probably the worst part. I don't know how I'd do it. Maybe I'd need someone with me. I don't know if I had yeah. to rent a person for a day. I don't know yeah, how that yeah, would work. Yeah. yeah. Or write it on my hand. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, I had Johnny for that. So that's the thing. I'm. Lovely. If you ask me now and I'm to tell you something which is number based, I would not be able to tell you. It is terrible. It just doesn't stick in my mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, an amazing experience, and yeah, they. I can imagine how valuable they both would be, and yeah. probably the perfect dragons for you as well. I mean, I know. Deborah's obviously very keen into her health and her plant-based and all of that and obviously yeah Peter's knowledge and experience in that industry so good so I now want to touch on your serial obsession yes because I'm a bit obsessed and I want to know like how obsessed are you with kind of granola how like what part does it play in your life so it's uh it's changed over time but I can from a very young age I have always loved cereal um I grew up eating all the sugary stuff um um from the big from the big bad boys of this world um but yeah uh, i used to take like oh, was a bit weird i used to take like bags of cereal in to school with me and have it as like my my break time snack um and like mix all different cereals together and then when i got a bit older and was a bit more health conscious i would buy what i thought were the, like the healthy granolas and muesli's and and like bran flakes and stuff like that and have mm. and like fruit and fiber oh my god i used to eat so much fruit but thinking that was like super healthy you know yeah I mean? um and have that at uni for like breakfast lunch dinner um and then when i got into like when i got my first job i had this kind of like weird ocd ritual where i'd have like i'd like mix muesli granola some yogurt um and then like fresh berries and have that every morning with a cup of coffee and that was like I think it was just I'm not a morning person so it kind of was that it gave me that kind of boost in the morning and then I was like okay I'm ready to go yeah Um, definitely and yeah nowadays I I tend to have cereal more as like a snack um uh like it's I do think granola is that perfect hybrid between something that's not only tasty but also healthy no I I mean I'm a massive granola fan so and especially spoon granola so I'm (laughs) 
Yeah, I'm with you on that. And I now want to touch on product because I yeah. know you have one product which I want to talk about, which is the Happy Gut Granola. Yeah. And I love that because obviously I feel like we're becoming more and more aware of our gut health as a kind of as consumers. I think lockdown probably has a big part to play in that. We're now a lot more health conscious. Yeah. Um, why have you decided to do a Happy Gut Granola? And what is the importance of probiotics in our diet? Sure. Um, so the reason we launched a happy gut granola is because we we're always looking to create recipes that ultimately are meeting like consumers like taste number one their taste needs and number two their health needs and um, so we always choose when we're choosing uh, like to create the recipes we always choose uh, like the best quality ingredients that we can find um, um, and more recently um, there's a kind of trend towards more functional uh, kind of uh, products, functional health products um, that you're seeing within kind of more within like bars and shakes and that that kind of like category. Um, and we recognise that that we could do that within cereal. Um, so we're we're actually going. We've been reformulating our recipes to add that extra kind of health benefit mm. um, and starting with this happy gut um, granola to, to my knowledge it's the only granola on the market that contains an added probiotic mm. um, so you do have some gut healthy uh, granola products on the market that use um, prebiotics which is basically um, anything that's sort of any ingredient that's plant-based is basically a prebiotic um, and we need to eat lots of different types of plant-based foods to get that diversity and get those prebiotics into our gut um, the probiotic is basically like a, a, a live bacteria strain that is found in your intestinal tract um, and it's the prebiotics that feed that, that good bacteria essentially. So you need both. So that's mm -hmm. why we decided to um, add the probiotic as a supplement into our granola. So it's kind of got the best of both. Mm. Definitely. I also feel like there's so many things that we have advised to take, to do, to yeah. consume. To combine things is a really great idea just to make that morning a bit easier. Like if yeah. you are busy on the go, you know you want your probiotics, you want to have your vitamins, your supplements, your, you want to eat the best you possibly can, be the best you possibly can. There's a lot to do. Yeah. So I think combining the two is a really good idea. Yeah. And also breakfast is such an important part of your diet and for me I'm a massive advocate of that I think it really is like the start of your day and yeah. if you do that well yeah then the rest kind of follows and you're you'll set yourself up really well for the day yeah so the granola market has yeah. massively changed um since when you guys started 10 years ago to now so can you explain a bit about where the market was at when you entered to kind of where it is now yeah so um when we started looking down the supermarket aisle uh, the granola market was um, very much geared towards like an older consumer uh, an older kind of more affluent consumer and the the branding on the shelves was all centered around like naturalness and um, the, the kind of packaging design was quite rustic looking it was all quite countrified um, and so we recognized that um, there wasn't a like a brand out there that was speaking to a kind of younger audience um, and so that's why we wanted to create this 
brand identity that really appealed to kind of um, a younger kind of urban audience basically at the beginning. Um, fast forward to now, um, the granola segment is the only, granola muesli is the only segment that's growing within cereal category as a whole. But that is down to uh, consumers being more health conscious and um, yeah, the perception of, of, of granola and muesli I think is, is one of, of something that's healthy. What we want to do next is try and address uh, a kind of much bigger problem, which is the kind of like the overall unhealthy state of the cereal market as a whole. Yes. Um, and which is also sort of uh, in decline in terms of, of, of volume. Um, and so we want to kind of use the same playbook that we're using for our granolas and apply that to the to the cereal category with a brand new um, family range of cereals. Oh, exciting. Um, so we've been working behind the scenes on that product for quite a long time now. Mm. Um, and uh, it's been uh, slightly frustrating because uh, we've had this idea for a couple, of, a couple of years. We've been developing it for a couple of years. Um, and we're now starting to see uh, similar type products coming onto the onto the market. Um, I don't know if you've seen the kind of lots of new keto cereals that are launching on D D2C, mm -hmm. like seeded on D2C. Um, I think it's very much inspired from um, what's going on in America. Definitely. Um, and they are targeting, again, like a younger consumer. Um, but um, they are targeting the kind of people who are into fitness, basically, so the kind of fitness community who are looking for kind of like low carb, high protein um, options. Mm -hmm. um, we've we've positioned our, our our new range slightly differently in that we are we want to create something that's um, appealing to, to 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 young families. Um, so. Uh, bit more of a kind of mass audience and something that's a lot more affordable yep. as well um yeah especially i mean it's come at the right time we feel because uh with kind of like cost of living crisis and everything like that people have started to shift to own brand so you know current big brands currently are like you know they're having to prove um their their value add basically mm. um so yeah, that's kind of the the ambition for this for this range, basically. Amazing. Um, we're speaking to a few few retailers at the moment, and we're hoping that we'll get a listing this year. Oh um, my gosh, so, so exciting! Yeah, watch this space. Yeah, and I also want to touch on healthy granolas. I'm doing yeah. inverted commas here, yeah. but people might not be able to see. Um, yeah. So what I want to know is, firstly, what should consumers look out for? I mean, I know the answer to this, but for others, what what should consumers look out for to to show that a granola is healthy compared to not healthy? Yeah. And the other part of this question is kind of down to branding. So when you're walking down the aisle and you've got all these granolas looking at you, looking at you, what what do what do you believe? What do you not believe? Yeah, and like yeah, yeah. everyone can kind of put a big keyword on the front of the packaging yeah, yeah. how do you know whether to believe it or not and yeah what should consumers look out for yeah i think um you know i i was a sucker i i i was sold to by all the granola muesli brands back in the day where you'd look on the front of the pack and it was like 
it all just looked very wholesome and natural and, and healthy in inverted commas um, but then if you actually read the ingredients on the back of the pack sugar is basically like the second or first ingredient um, mm. and whenever it's the first ingredient in the ingredients list that means that's that's the highest percentage um, so uh, I guess the the main thing to do is to just check the back of pack really and properly read the nutritional panel um, the thing that we've uh, always tried struggled with is like do we what do we want to say on pack is it that we are the tastiest granola on the market or do we shout about the health credentials and our latest thinking is that people think granola like the consumer even though you do get a lot of bad press around granola um, for its sugar and kind of fat content but ultimately it is a healthy product and people know that um, and we want people to realize that um, it's a very uh, tasty tasty product um, so we're trying to inject a bit more of that onto pack at the moment so um, at the same time as uh, we're kind of reformulating products we have been doing a little work on uh, on the packaging mm. um, we it's not a drastic change but we want to um, really kind of capture people's attention as they walk down the supermarket aisle mm. and look at it and go oh that looks like a tasty product yeah um, people say they want health but ultimately when you're in the supermarket aisle you just want something that's gonna appeal to your taste buds yeah taste ultimately. wins yeah and then you look on it and you're like oh yeah it's you know it's gluten-free or whatever it is you're looking for in terms of uh, health amazing I mean this really has been so insightful firstly because I'm a huge granola lover I I just think that the granola market is so exciting and you guys have been there consistently throughout so it's been so great to get a behind behind the scenes on how it all works how it's been but I always like to finish with one question which is what would your last meal be so kind of bringing it back to food start a main course dessert what would your yeah final meal be um so I think it would have to be um basically everything Italian is my I just love Italian food so yeah. starter would be um, a kind of uh, some, some sort of just like very simple pasta dish um, with maybe some kind of like fish in there maybe yeah um, and then main would be pizza <laughs> I love it and then pudding would be tiramisu oh wow so like fully fledged yeah I love that yeah. no you can't <laughs> go wrong you can't go wrong well Annie thank you so much for coming on thank and you for me. sharing all about Spoon your early day journey I mean that's true true grit determination doing those pop-ups and I do feel like the old-fashioned way of kind of going about it I say old-fashioned but these days I feel like you just see such kind of quick fast businesses coming to market investing loads of money and like bang it happens but sometimes this slow and steady way of just constantly learning, speaking to your consumers, doing it kind of slow and steady, I think always ultimately wins. Um, so I love it. So thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much. Thank you guys so much for listening. I know I always ask for a little favor at the end, but if you could please like, subscribe and follow to this podcast, it really would mean the world. The more support we receive, the better the guests will be. I really, really thank you in advance and I'll see you again next week.